Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to on a more personal scale. A, a more micro form of management. What is that called? Microgement. Boom. Yes. It's Mike Shope. What is your name, sir? I am Bill Butlicker. And the Bulldog. Really? That's your real name? How dare you? My family built this country, by the way. It's Mike Shope. The three words I would describe you as is aggressive, yes. hostile, and definitely difficult. And the Bulldog. Well, I like the sound of your voice. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Hi again, everybody. Mike Shope here. Bulldog is out of the country. I would like to say he's on assignment or something cool. He's on vacation. I mean, that's going to be cool, too. So we don't have Bulldog this week, but um, I'm glad to have you along nonetheless. And I'm also glad to welcome Mike Renner back to the show on the Western Hotline. Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike. Mike, I'm seeing from Twitter, you and Sam living it up kind of in Indianapolis. It looks like it's been a pretty good week already. It has. The guys haven't even tested yet, and we're already uh, rising <laughs> up draft boards here. Yes. How, how is this week for you in terms of, like, getting information, talking to people around the league? How does it compare with, say, the week of the Super Bowl? Uh, I think it's a lot better, truthfully. Like, you have – this is the one spot where you actually have NFL front offices and, you know, player personnel stuff, like actual uh, scouting staff and coaching staff here. So it's like a pure uh, NFL convention. So it it really is the best place to network, get news, whatever this week is at. More scouts and football people, so to speak, and fewer, uh, you know, celebrities, (laughs) I guess, this week. Perfect. It's, it's perfect. All right, so um, I want to get I want to get to the Bills here, but not first necessarily. You know, top of the draft is, is a good place to start. It was great for those of us who love to analyze the draft and talk about it that Chicago ended up at one and not Houston. If it's Houston, then it's simply a matter I think of which quarterback. But the Bears have all this power here, Mike. How do you how do you think they plan to use it? Yeah, the intrigue is great with who are they going to trade it to. And now you get the wrench kind of thrown in with the Jalen Carter news today. And, you know, if the allegations are true, there's no way he's going in the top five of this draft after that. So, uh, you know, as the Bears stand, it's really, you know, there's one position player you want. If you're the Chicago Bears, it's Will Anderson now. And after him, there's really a big tier, a big drop-off. So uh, I think they will trade the pick. Uh, I feel pretty confident in that. And I think where that ends up going to, 
uh, is going to dictate a lot because you have a lot of teams, whether it's the Texans, the Colts, the Raiders, Panthers, Titans, all right now, really could be in that quarterback market. I was talking yesterday with a guest about this. Is it right that, like, so you have Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and you have, you know, those two guys, and then I I guess I kind of thought maybe there was a tear break. You might tell me different with Richardson and Levis. It feels like the more quarterbacks that hold up as worthy, arguably, of the first pick, like that's that's worse for the Bears. Teams like the Raiders maybe can think they don't need the trade-up, or Indianapolis, of course, Carolina, I guess. I guess the right question first is how do you see it? Like how many guys do you think, knowing that there's still this week yet to happen, three of those guys are going to throw, um, how many good candidates are there for 101 as among the quarterbacks? Yeah, so that's kind of the best part about this class is that the quarterback position, there's really four guys at the top who, depending on what you value, and uh, you could have as quarterback one in this draft. So it really is in the eye of the beholder who you're going to want at the top of this class. Um, and the way I see it, how I would stack them, is that I think Bryce Young's in his own tier, truthfully. I, I think he is, as a prospect, as good of an on-field performer as I can at the collegiate level. It's just the size. You know, he's just going to be small. But I think he's seen enough quarterbacks that you can overcome that at the NFL level. Um, after him, uh, I, do, I would stack it. Will Levis next, DJ Stroud, and then Anthony Richardson. But those guys are all kind of uh, in that – in that sort of tier of there's got things have to change. Like there's aspects of their game that have to improve, have to differ at the NFL level. You have to develop guys like that, that aren't as safe. I wouldn't say as a guy like Bryce Young. So uh, that's really going to be how this quarterback is quarterback is evaluated by the NFL is really going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And so you have those four names. I think I've probably got, the team's right, not that I have them all necessarily, but Houston, Indianapolis, Raiders, either way, like if they end up at Aaron Rodgers, maybe not. Like who are the teams for you that are after the Texans and the Colts at least, like the, the ones you're, you'd be least surprised if they made the trade up? I think it's the Panthers. And truthfully, the team I would say is maybe desperate to go in there too is the Tennessee Titans, just because you're jumping a division rival is the biggest thing there. Even the Tennessee Titans, you can't let Bryce Young and Trevor Lawrence get into your division. You know, yep. you are behind the eight ball then if you're the Tennessee Titans. So those are probably the other teams I mentioned. Okay, yeah, Tennessee. I don't think a lot about them, but they have the eleventh pick. That's high enough, maybe, where they could uh, pull that off. Mike Renner of PFF. All right, so that's the quarterback situation. We've got the Bills at twenty-seven. I mean, at twenty-seven, you kind of have to see what happens there for a while. This has been the way it's been a good problem, if you will, for the Bills for a couple of years now. If you were they, how would you be looking at round one? I think you really are kind of in a unique opportunity to look at best player available at a number of different positions. You have a very talented roster, um, one that's obviously very close to winning uh, Super Bowl. So I, I would be looking at guys who you can make an impact right away, trending more towards the NFL-ready guys who can really play next season rather than maybe high-end projects that might not hit until year three. And so we might have here holes on, on defense that – We've, I'm sorry, everybody. It's just so loud where you are, Mike. Uh, holes on defense that we haven't had before, whether Tremaine Edmonds leaves or Jordan Pow- Jordan Poyer, excuse me, different things like that. 
Um, I, I, I take it by your comments. I mean, that should be under consideration for the Bills. If they lose a starter or even with the players they have, um, defensive side of the ball, maybe there's a good idea there. Yeah, I, I do think it's one of the safeties falls to you. There's two safeties in this class that I'd probably consider in the first round, one being Ryan Branch from Alabama. Um, I think he's one of the safer picks in this draft, one of the more NFL-rate players in this draft class. And then the other one being Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M. You get one of those two guys to fall to you, uh, you know, how important safety is to that defense, I would not be surprised if they pull the trigger there. Let's talk about wide receivers. So this is like maybe last year where you have – Maybe not as many, though. Some number of wide receivers you'd expect to get picked before it's the Bills. How do you like their position for a receiver at 27? I just don't think one of the top four guys is going to make it there. There, there to me, in this class, are probably six pass catchers that you feel good about going in round one. They're Quinn Johnson from TCU, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, um, Dave Flowers from Boston College, Jordan Addison from USC as wide receivers, and then tight ends Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Uh, and Dalton Kincaid from Utah. I don't think any of those guys, though, unfortunately, make it to the back end of the first round, which is how many wide receivers we've seen hit the ground running and really impact offenses. Uh, I think it's a very premium position that's only gaining more steam around the NFL in terms of the willingness to draft those guys highly. Right. Round two, then, this is like last year, isn't it? (laughs) Whether that's Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, I mean, is that a better fit, maybe? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for... And that's probably what they would be looking for is a high-end slot type of guy. And so they're in luck in this draft class. There's a lot of them. Okay. Uh, and Josh Downs is the guy who very well could be there at the back end of round two just because the size you know, isn't up to you know, a lot of teams cut off, a lot of teams you know, what they want at that position, just being a little over 5'9 and 180 pounds. But the guy can run routes out of the slot in the sleep. So uh, if he's there back end of round two, and I'd even consider in this class maybe moving up a touch if he passed on wide receiver in the first, to get one of those real good slot guys in the second round. Okay, so you like safety. Receiver may not be, might might not fall the way the Bills would want it. How about uh, offensive line in this draft, Mike? I mean, the Bills seem to have a need up there. Maybe not not every position, but it sort of struggled last year. I would think they want to address that. I believe Brandon Bean even said as much yesterday. Is this a good draft for that? I don't think it is, truthfully. Unfortunately. Okay. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of guys overdrafted. Uh, and the worry I have with this class is that there's not a lot of guys I would point to and say, you know, year one, they can be, you know, at least an average starter. Right? I think all these guys have such flaws that you're hoping it's year two, year three, that they become impact starters on your roster. So um, if I were to look anywhere, I do think this, if any position along the offensive line is good at center, which obviously maybe doesn't go great with the uh, Buffalo Bills, but you could maybe transition one of those guys like a John Michael Schmidt from Minnesota or Joe Tippman from Wisconsin. They could also play guard as well. I think they're that good. So those are the guys I'd probably be looking at and probably, probably towards second, third round if you're looking at interior offensive line. Okay. Mike, before we wrap up, I want to spend a little time with you on, on running back. Um, I want you to know I'm sort of keen to the ongoing discussion every year about the value of running backs. I think it's been really interesting, and I tend to side on, uh, yeah, you know, I I don't want to draft one early. The Bills have done, you know, some of that, not in round one, but they've certainly spent day two picks on running back. The first name, of course, is Bijan Robinson. What's your, you know, it's tough to get this right maybe, but your prediction 
for Robinson. You you would know something about how the league is looking at him, special prospect, but you know the sort of the the way the league sort of looks down at running backs in terms of value. Where does that leave him? I still think he's first rounder. I would be very surprised if he wasn't. I think he could go as high as eight to the Falcons. I mean, they are a team that last year with a running back by committee were the run heaviest team in the NFL. You know, that's Arthur Smith. That's what he does. He is going to run the ball first. So B. John Robinson. And when you do that, that's, that's when a guy like that can still be valuable. You know, when you are that committed and it's the basis of everything else you do offensively, well then, yeah, you want a Derrick Henry back there. You want a guy back there uh, that's really going to change the calculus for opposing defenses. So he goes high as eight. Um, if we're looking towards the back end around one, I think, Fits like the Chargers, fits like even the Ravens, if they do retain Lamar, would be very good just because, uh, you know, adding those guys to offenses like that, I think just takes it up to another level. So I don't advocate for a lot of teams drafting running backs. I think if you're drafting a running back highly to give you a running game, that is more often than not a fool's errand and it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I do think once you have that off the line in place, once that is the case, you can draft a game-changer highly because it takes you to that next level that really is difficult to stop. Boy, Atlanta does make a lot of sense. I mean, Mike, they had games last year. They were down three, four touchdowns and still running the clock out. You know, the game in Cincinnati that they lost was like, you might want to throw the ball here, but the Falcons just were were loath to do that. Eight's not too high then because I think the team is is a great idea. Um. I'm not saying I would do it myself. I'm saying I, I think that's very or very strong possibility given what the Falcons want to do. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. The coaching point makes a lot of sense. How good is Jameer Gibbs? I think he's the second best running back in this class. I, I think he's a not to really throw shade here, but I think he's like a better souped up version of James Cook. You know, they're very similar backs coming out, but Gibbs obviously is already shown he can handle full workload uh, already. You know, proven to be a consistent home run threat at a top school like Alabama, being the lead guy that really they haven't had in a while there. You know, they, they haven't had those guys that can really take it to the house. They're more trend towards the bigger backs, and he's the first one to really have that home run speed. So uh, I think he goes in the range of where we saw Brees Hall, where we saw Kenneth Walker come off the board, maybe not in the first round, but top of the second. Mm-hmm. Still top 50 picks. I, I think that's what you're looking at with a guy like Gibbs. That's Jonathan Taylor in his draft and and DeAndre Swift as well. All right. Uh, I've read that this is a deep running back class. What what is that going to amount to, if you agree? Like if I've got some number of guys that get that they bleed into Saturday, um, are teams going to, I guess, generally feel like these are guys who could play important roles as rookies? I mean, I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase a question about where the cutoff might be. Like how many guys in this draft – where, where they get picked, you know, might become relevant as rookies. I think you're going to, as you said, they're into Saturday. There's going to be guys who are like what Damian Pierce was last year. And Damian Pierce mm-hmm. obviously fits that bill. He felt he bled into the day three with the top of the fourth round pick. But I, I would love if I have a early fourth rounder, I would love that pick to be a running back. Just because this class, when there's so many, they can't all go second and third. You know, enough teams have bought into the analytics and say, you know, we're not going to waste premium picks on running backs to where you'll get starters uh, in that area. Uh, so I, I I do think this is a great year to be in need of a running back, whether it is free agency or the draft. Do you have a favorite or two from, the like, down the list a little bit? I mean, Charbonnet might not be far enough down. Tajay Spears was good at the, was at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot of names I've, I've heard a lot of hype about. 
the, the guy I like the most who's really kind of off the radar right now uh, and really hasn't uh, I've seen getting gassed up because, like you said, all the guys you kind of mentioned are already getting their tires pumped a little bit. But D. Wayne McBride out of UAB, uh, to me, he reminds me of a kind of a souped-up Devin Singletary. And he's really light in his feet, really nimble, really good at breaking tackles. But then he has better size than Singletary. He has a little more explosiveness than Singletary. Like a lot of the positives of Singletary just – make them more positive, and that's what you got in a guy like D. Wayne McBride. So uh, he's a guy who, again, probably fits that bill of maybe not going to go second, third round because who wants to be the, the dummy who takes the UAB running back in the second who does nothing, <laughs> you know, a small school back. But I think once he gets later on the draft, I still think he's going to be a player in the league. All right, McBride is a new name for me. I like it. Mike, thanks a lot for your time. For sure. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay, you're, you're welcome. Mike Renner of PFF at PFF underscore Mike. Do we get all that? It was loud. <laughs> I don't know. I hope he wasn't. I hope he wasn't mad. After I said it, he. I don't know. Stopped walking in into the wind or whatever changed after that. So um, anyway, yeah. Like it. It's there's two me's on this. The the fantasy me is okay. Tell me about Dwayne McBride. Okay. Tell me about Tajay Spears. Okay. Tell me about Eric Gray and ten to twenty other names of running backs like that. You know who end up who could end up being drafted round five or so, and we'll see. Like he mentioned, Pierce with Houston, that's that's a good point. Algier with Atlanta, out of BYU, I think he was. These, these mid-range guys can end up in situations where their team is expecting a lot, or at least the door is open for that. And the Bills with Singletary and Moss, and then to an extent Cook, also like day two running backs, the door was certainly open to those players. You know, not the the pressure of a first-round pick. Few as there are running backs picked in the first round where, you know, it like has to. That's what I'd be scared of. Like it just has to be that that player is a centerpiece of the offense or else he shouldn't have done it. Like Pittsburgh with Najee Harris, like, it still it still baffles me. It does it doesn't baffle me that it happens. It just I don't know. I I know how these guys these guys think and how they talk, and so it's not baffling at all. But it really shouldn't. It sh- it should be it should be thrown out of the room. You know when there's a meeting NFL personnel and they're talking about a okay maybe Harris is different than Bijan Robinson, but like an okay running back prospect. Somebody needs to throw that idea out before it gets legs and they end up doing it. Same with ETN in Jacksonville. Like eat the same draft two years ago. ETN was to me a much more exciting idea of a player, but there's Jacksonville with James Robinson on the team and like a lot of other holes, they were really bad. They had the first pick in that draft. That's the Lawrence year, I think. They pick Lawrence. And so um I don't know. It's just like a bad idea. The Bills, so Robinson, we had a caller last hour who kind of laid this out. Like Robinson out of Texas seems to be so excellent as a prospect that you'd be tempted, I I should be tempted, I think, to compromise this running back point. But it's just, I still think even at 27, you would you would be committing yourself to a different offense to a different distribution here you know you could tell me though like 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not hedging on this. I'm just tr- talking to myself here and thinking that that kind of an adjustment in the Bills' offense may be coming. Because here, you know, you, you're, I'm making the point all the time about receiver and just how they they didn't have enough. They they didn't get the big year out of Davis. He was there. It wasn't terrible. It just was okay. And then after that, as we talk about all the time in here, there they were searching. It was McKenzie, and then maybe it was going to be Crowder, but then he got hurt. So then maybe it's Shakir, but he didn't play. And then it's just Brown and Beasley, ultimately. They were really searching. So you'd think they would want to do that. But one way to figure that out is to use less of a third receiver and maybe be more, dare I say it, run-oriented. And so um, I don't want that for the Bills, but if they don't get to a better place at receiver, who knows what happens even like with Diggs. Um, like you want Davis to be a little bit more consistent, maybe a lot more. You, you've got to – you want to have as many weapons as you can get on a team like this, on any team, but on a team with a real chance to win. And so I, I'm always thinking receiver over running back. Uh, but Robinson is the kind of guy where I mean, you're, you're already hearing it a lot. The team's drafting late. If he were able to make it, he'll he'll be one of the most interesting things about this first round. It's not even like the the Harris and ETN year where if they do pick a running back in the first round or if they don't, really, what's the difference? Last year, no one did. There was not really that guy like this. So that'll be a fun storyline to watch. In Atlanta, I like it and I don't. I don't want to, like Mike said about it, the idea was his idea. It's like, I wouldn't do it, and no, uh, I wouldn't do it either. Also, I wouldn't do it because they don't have quarterback yet figured out in Atlanta, and they drafted skill position guys in the top 10, I think, the last two years with Kyle Pitts and then with uh, Drake London. So it seems like kind of a waste, like those guys have been, frankly on a team where they can't get the ball to him often enough to make a dent. How is the running back going to – like, I, I could have the running back and he might be amazing and that might be what I'm about, but then I've kind of not wasted, but I've cut into what Drake London is worth and what Pitts is worth. That, that's why like Atlanta works from a, a scheme standpoint, who the coach is and their philosophy, but just you, you don't <laughs> – I wouldn't want to see that team – draft a running back in the top 10. Like, they just, it seems like it would kind of be a waste. We'll see. Next to the Sabres, Paul Hamilton along to recap last night and go over some news. Darlene's injury, Tuck still out, of course, and the trade that we had for Stillman, who is in, and the media had a chance to talk to him today. Some Sabres after sports. This is Mike Shope on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.